This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the We Be Our Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Westenbroom's Women's Advancement Commission. Welcome. This is Mayor Sharon Weston Broom, and you are listening to the We Be Our Podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month, and we invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Today, I am joined by my co-host, Rachel A. Bear, a Women's Advancement Commission member and the CEO of STAR. Hey, Rachel. Hey, thanks, Mayor. <laughs> Great to be here as always and to serve as part of your commission. Today I have the pleasure of introducing Robin Merrick, the Vice President of External Affairs at Southern University. With more than 20 years under her belt at Southern University, Robin is, in many ways, the face of the institution. She spent much of her career developing transformational initiatives that build awareness and support for Southern, one of the country's best-known historically black colleges and universities. In her capacity, Robin provides oversight for alumni affairs, communications, governmental relations, and special events at Southern's campuses in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and Shreveport. She also oversees the university's museums of art in Baton Rouge and Shreveport, which hold significant collections of African-American art. Robin has been intent on expanding Baton Rouge's awareness of Southern's significant history and programs and improving the university's relations with the larger community. Thanks for joining us. Very glad to be here, Rachel. I appreciate the invitation and so excited to speak with you and Mayor Broom uh, this afternoon. Mayor Broom, I've been a fan of yours for as long as I can remember in terms of your career here in Uh, Baton Rouge, starting in the Metro Council. I know that's been uh, just a few years ago. Several decades now, (laughs) but that's okay. But I've been watching you for a long time as a native of Baton Rouge. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Robin. And Robin, I will have to tell you that um, it's so true that you really, when people see you, they see Southern University. And uh, I had the pleasure of uh, being with you with uh, of Moving Colors. You were selected, and I was selected, and they interpret our lives through dance. And undoubtedly, uh, the interpretation that they did for you, Robin, was on point and w- was a great way to cap the evening off because it certainly uh, represented uh, a, a great chunk of your life at Southern University. And, and and that's wonderful to have that kind of stability. But it's not only a reflection of stability, it's a reflection of your love and passion for that institution. Oh, no doubt. Uh, I got to start by saying, Mayor Broom, I love Baton Rouge. That, that's the first first thing I think about. Growing up in North Baton Rouge in the Scotlandville community uh, has been sort of inextricably a part of my life. I, every time I tried to leave Baton Rouge for a career opportunity, something drew me back. Uh, even as early as 17, I thought I was going out to the University of California at Berkeley, and then something drew me back to Baton Rouge, and I thought I was off someplace else to get a job in Atlanta, and then Ohio, and then it drew me back to Baton Rouge. And so I said, you know what? This is home. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here. And from there, uh, started working at Southern University 
1995, uh, quite unexpectedly, that wasn't my plan. I was going to graduate school. I was going to wrap up graduate school and go, you know, venture off in the world someplace. And the opportunity at Southern arose and I've been there ever since. So nearing 25 years at the university and uh, have have seen so much of the university, the ebbs and flows, if you will, Uh, not just Southern, but historically black colleges and universities in general, higher education throughout the state of Louisiana as, as it has ebbed and flowed load, and particularly as it relates to funding. And so we've um, had an opportunity to experience a good bit of that, as well as impact what has happened to maintain our institutions. And so that's uh, no small feat, I should say, in terms of uh, maintaining the um, livelihood of an institution. Absolutely. Now, uh, you started, I'm curious, all three of your degrees are from Southern? They are. And so (laughs) uh, your undergrad degree was in what? In business. And your master's was? Public administration. I figured it was MPA. (laughs) Yes. And then you recently, it's been two years now? It's been almost three years. years. Yeah, three years. You got your PhD. Got the PhD in public policy with an emphasis in uh, higher education leadership uh, and historically black colleges and universities in terms of the research uh, that was done. Uh, The master's level research was about women in government. Uh, So those are two things that I'm still very interested in. In terms of women, uh, actually, mayor, I did a study on female mayors in the deep south states of Mississippi, Alabama and Louisiana to see uh, similarities, differences, particularly in their platforms. Now, that piece of research is a good 20, maybe close to 20 years old now. But it was interesting. And I would venture to say the numbers were rising then. Um, I think those numbers have fallen off a little bit in terms of the numbers of female mayors. And I'm going to dust that study off and maybe and sort of revise it to see where we are now. Yeah, I'd love to uh, um, talk with you about it. I'm sure it's very insightful. So with such a um, voluminous, uh, full career, what are some of the greatest lessons that you've learned? Wow. Greatest lessons in my career have been uh, sort of the things that you would say, just basic mother wit. Um, Don't procrastinate. I think that's that is the (laughs) ouch, ouch. Yeah. And I still feel that. And, And I tell you, it is without fail that when I procrastinate and when I finally get around to doing whatever it is, it has become five to 10 times more difficult to get it done than if I had not just done it in the first place. And so that's been a theme, you know, Nike says, just do it. it. And and I'm at the place of just do it now, just do it now. When it comes up, do it. Stop, stop waiting for the perfect time. Stop waiting for the perfect set of circumstances. Just get at it. Even if it's going to take you a while, even if you're moving at a snail's pace, just start and get going with it. So that's been my um, that's been sort of my cloud. <laughs> well, of advice. you know what? That is great advice for the mayor right here. I mean, <laughs> I have been, you know, I'm doing much better because I don't have a choice in most instances now. But uh, procrastination has been something that I've been trying to shake off um, for quite some time. And as I said, I've I've made uh, tremendous strides in that area. But always good to to hear. Uh, why we need to keep it moving. Keep it no moving. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's every day doing a little something toward whatever that is that's on your to do list, maybe you don't complete it, but you're doing something towards it. Yeah. I think that's been my thing. I can look at the end of the day and say, hey, how much 
movement did I make on these yeah, five or ten exactly. things? And I think that uh, one of the um, reasons that procrastination creeps in is when your agenda becomes too overwhelming. You have too many things on your to-do list, and then you just look at it and you freeze and like you say, "Well, I don't know where to start, what to do." When, it, but when you when you uh, prioritize it, uh, I I have found that you get more. Uh, things accomplished. And the other great lesson, I know this interview is about you, but you triggered this. But the other great lesson that I've learned recently, Rachel and uh, Robin, is that um, you have to learn how to exercise diplomatically the two letter word no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is something I have started to understand in a very deep way. Yes. (laughs) So, so uh, yeah. So that is a great lesson uh, for all of us. Um, You've done so many positive things, had such a good success in your career. What what are you most proud of, though? Most proud of in my career, um, probably very easily longevity (laughs) that I've managed to survive, uh, (laughs) despite all the 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 many attacks on higher ed and all of that. But but that aside, uh, actually, the thing that I'm most proud of would be the continuum that higher education provides us, we have the opportunity to see students come in at, a, at a, the mere age of 17. Mm-hmm. And we honestly get to see them throughout their lives because they come, they graduate, and they go into their careers, they come back, they remind us, hey, remember me? Uh, and you see the fruit of your labor mm-hmm. in their careers, and then you get an, an opportunity to experience them as alumni giving back to the institution. Uh, the years I worked as director of alumni at Southern, uh, I would always say we're dealing with people from the age of 17 to 97, literally, that entire gamut. So you're talking about a number of generations, a number of different mindsets. They communicate differently. They operate differently, but they're all under the umbrella of Southern. Mm -hmm. And you get an opportunity to see that. And it's like, wow, I'm seeing this. I'm a part of this. I'm moving this on. African-American, or I should say HBCUs are credited with creating the African-American middle class in this country. And we can see that right here in Louisiana, right here in Baton Rouge, when we look at the graduates of Southern University. And of course, we're coming up on our, our football season. And, and you know, you, you cannot measure uh, the passion mm-hmm. that alums have for, in this town yeah. for their universities. <laughs> There's no question. And so we get an opportunity to see that more these next three months or so than any other time of the year, uh, how they love Southern and how they give back to the university. And you just really that that full continuum of the life of a student uh, from the time we meet them until, you know, until the till the end, I yeah. suppose. I will tell you, if I weren't the mayor, I'd, I'd be teaching at somebody's university. Yes, and you have yeah. done that, and yeah. we and appreciate I, that. And I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, what advice do you have for uh, other women who are uh, pursuing their passion or uh, trying to jumpstart their career, what advice do you have for them? So uh, one of the things I get an opportunity to do uh, at the university is um, 
to teach a class at no cost to the university in addition to being in administration. It allows us uh, that one-on-one contact with students that you don't typically get when you're in administration because you're sort of a two or three levels removed. Um, so I've insisted upon that to, to teach that class once a semester. And it's a writing course, but the opportunity just to be in front of students is, is where it is. Uh, and in that, offering the advice of continuous learning. Mm. Don't stop learning. Just lifelong because learner. lifelong mm. learners, yes, become a lifelong learner. Even though the class is over, the semester is ended, continue to stay abreast of things. I mean, mm-hmm. just things around you. Um, always be solution oriented. That was mm-hmm. one of my biggest, because we like to complain a lot and we can point out problems everywhere. But come with the solutions, you know, be a value. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, that's a problem. I, I understand the problem. Let me look for the solution. I don't really want to harp on the right. problem much longer. And try not to take shortcuts in life. Uh, shortcuts are, are, they always tend to come back and, and bite you some sort of way. I have found um, being respectful, being honest, and always keeping the positive attitude. I cannot say enough about that, no matter what is coming your way. And and, and Mayor, you get it because you are mayor and, and on any given day, half the city is upset with you about something. Uh, half the city, I mean, just saying, the city parish, half, half of the, the folks are upset about that? something. <laughs> I'm keeping up with the news. I know, I know, uh, I'm just teasing. You know, the garbage collection uh, is a oh, thing. <laughs> so, and and that least. gets to be, yeah, and that gets to be, you know, it's your problem. It's your fault. Yep, and yep, so yep. you, you managed to go out and smile as you were discussing garbage. If you only knew. <laughs> <laughs> and so but those things just, you know, yeah. keeping that, you know, taking the higher road, being yeah. positive, despite the fact that folks are just slinging it, slinging mud at yeah. you um, just because <laughs> it, it just happens. And so that's a tough thing to do. But mm-hmm. you sometimes have to say, hey, it's not personal. Yeah. And even if it is personal, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to still. That's right. You know, I'm going to I'm going to do my part in yeah. this whole equation. Yeah. You know, uh, when you said that, it reminded me, and people probably say, oh, you say this all the time, Uh, but my best friend who uh, I lost uh, several years ago to pancreatic cancer, uh, Ronnie Edwards, she used to always say, uh, public service is not for the faint of heart, Mm -mm. Uh, meaning that if you were highly sensitive or wore your feelings on your sleeve, might not be the path for you. And, you know, you can almost massage that to any type of leadership role. If you're Mm -hmm. in a leadership role, then you automatically are a target, uh, you know, for uh, criticism, for complaints, et cetera. Whether you're in higher education or whether you're in the mayor's office and media, whatever. When you are in a leadership position, um, you can't be faint of heart. Mm-mm. You you have to be focused on the mission. And so um, in closing, Robin, you have been so um, great with your comments today. And I, I know our listeners will value from them. But do you have any closing comments that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would leave on this note. Um, coming off the last question, uh, attitude is everything. And if they say attitude is everything, I would take it a step further and say, an attitude of gratitude is everything and more yes. uh, to just be grateful um, for what be grateful for it all. Yes. I, I think about that at the close of every day, I really stop and reflect back over the day and just say, you know, what, what all do I have to be grateful for? Yeah. And it's so much because mm-hmm. the things you have to be grateful for far outnumber any of the negatives in your life. Absolutely. 
And so keeping that in mind just really centers you, humbles you, and and it brings about a sense of peace. And it also brings about a sense, uh, I shouldn't say a sense, but it brings about the uh, opportunity for more absolutely to be grateful for. Yeah. Uh, when you stop and think about all the small things that you have and think about the things that you have, uh, the things that you don't have, I should say, that you did that you didn't want. Like, I got a bunch of things that I don't have and I didn't want them anyway, and that's okay. Yeah. And um, that's that's all kinds of things that fit into that. That's great. <laughs> well, you know, um, I know Rachel has our, our big question for you here that we close with, but I also want to pause and congratulate you, Robin Merrick, because you were selected as one of the outstanding uh, women in our community. Is it the... Uh, top 40 women, uh, business women. Uh, tell me what that we have. So it was many the uh, it was the 2019 influential women, influential in women in business through the business. Let report. me get it right. 2019 <laughs> influential women in business. And you were among that select category for this year. And so congratulations. It thank was you, very deserving. You. And if you were there at the luncheon, you see that Robin has a fan club. Oh, goodness. And her fan club is pretty big. Uh, I think she had more tables there than, than anybody else. But that just goes to show how much she's loved. And after uh, having this conversation with her, you can see why people gravitate to her and support her. So, uh, Rachel, I'm going to toss it to Thank you. Thank you. Well, I feel grateful <laughs> for all the wisdom in the room today. I feel like I've learned a few things. Uh, we're going to close with a fun question we like to ask our listeners. So, Robin, if you had a guest visiting Baton Rouge for 24 hours, where would you take them? So... There, there's just no question that two things. One, we would start on the bluff of the Mississippi River at Southern University. It's the best view of the Mississippi River in the city, and it's right there on our campus. It's right down from the red stick that uh, we have uh, Frank Hayden, our artist, did many years ago. So it depicts the uh, founding of Baton Rouge. And, and it's the turn of the river as well that starts to turn northward, so we get an opportunity to watch those, um, those river boats of the... Um, the barge is rather taking that very difficult turn, I understand, from the riverboat pilots to go northward. They have to slow down and make that turn very wide. But aside from that, uh, I would absolutely have to eat my way through the city. Uh, if you've got 24 hours, uh, and that's not just the city, it's the city and surrounding areas. I've got some friends from California and D.C. and Chicago who call all the time and they're like, she's like OnStar. We just dollar up and say, hey, I'm coming into town. Where should we go? We, we have a taste for this. Where should we go? And so we'll give them a list of restaurants, but we literally we live to eat. There's no question. And uh, it's it's great. It's great. So we got to eat our way through the city and probably visit uh, the campus and on the bluff. And uh, we, we do a lot of crawfish up there, too. So lots of folks eat crawfish on the river. So perhaps that as well. So eating crawfish, the Mississippi River Bluff at Southern University. Well, I've actually never been uh, to the, on the bluff. Rachel, so. we got to Rachel, bring you. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. I need to go. And everyone in the trip. room stops and looks at oh, you goodness. like, what okay. do you mean? We are going to go moment. today. Let's okay. get in the car and drive, well, drive up today. You know, yeah, the weather's beautiful. beautiful. So it's just, you got to catch the sunset. And I think Robin sunset. will give you a tour, not only of the bluff, but of uh, Southern University. But and the crawfish? It, and the crawfish. Crawfish season is out. I was just <laughs> thinking about that. Trust oh, me. God, God. As a connoisseur of crawfish, <laughs> I, I took it as far as I could take it. And <laughs> nobody has any anywhere I've gone. It's over. So unless you know something, you can tell me afterwards. You might know a little secret. 
but absolutely, you've got to go to the bluff. Um, and so that would be great. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for joining us today. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the WeBR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. And we invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Thanks for listening to the We Be Our podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission.